Hello and welcome. This is the Bariatric Eating Real Talk podcast, and I'm Susie Shaw. If you're new to our podcast, bariatric eating is more than just talk. We support nearly a million post-ops in our Facebook-based support groups, which you can join if you like after you listen. I'll tell you where to find us at the end of this episode. We've created the most successful plan for bariatric regain on the planet. There's not a doctor's program or hospital or anyone who has addressed regain and the regain crisis with anywhere near our success rate. Thousands have used our Inspire Diet along with our help and support to take their lives back, even when it seemed like things were hopeless. Those who help you in our groups are post-ops. We've had regain, so we know how it feels. But we've also lost that regain, and we can help you find your way back to those smaller clothes that are in your closet. We have specific tools for you to use goal-setting tips, food lists, meals to eat. We even have our own products. So we go, we go beyond just ideas and actually help you in real time. Our support is made up of people who are just like me, and collectively we've spent the past 20 years helping post-op lose, regain, and learn to change their habits so that the weight stays off for good. I'm pretty sure we can help you too. So let's get started. Today's episode might get a little bit personal, and I want to be clear that it's always our intention with messages like today's that we're not here to judge. We're not trying to point out things that you are doing wrong. It's just to help you understand that what you might need adjusting if you want to do more than just lose the weight and actually keep it off for life. Um, A while back in our Facebook support group, there was a post that made me sad, and it's something that I think about often because the situation isn't uncommon at all, and it's not limited to our groups. Someone who was years, like multiple years out from surgery, was really concerned that they woke up hungry and they ate two eggs, just two. Now, before I go into the fact that two eggs is a normal-sized human portion to eat, I want to point out what you may not realize. The person who posted was truly worried, and they were very, very deeply concerned about two things. They were worried that they woke up and felt hunger. They were also worried that they were overeating, even though when they ate the food, they felt satisfied and not stuffed. Now, this isn't something that we worry about naturally. This actually stems from seeing photos of plates of nearly untouched food with the caption, this was three meals for me. Um, Those things kind of pop up on repeat in in the weight loss surgery community and support groups and in, in your regular feeds and stuff like that. And early out, that is the reality. That's how it is. And I'll get more into this by starting off with addressing the food shaming part of this episode. Because that post, in part, was fueled by, like I said, the photos. Where, um, and if anybody here who's listening has ever shared a meal in a weight loss surgery um, kind of focused uh, support feed or a group or an application where you follow a lot of uh, weight loss surgery accounts, you've seen these, um, these next couple comments posted. You may have even asked them yourself. Things like, can you eat all that? How much food is that? That looks great, but that's a lot of food. And then there's my personal favorite. That would be four meals for me. It's gotten so bad that people have taken to shooting um, photos of their lovely choices with their hands kind of poised over the plate at an attempt to show scale at how, how small and dainty the plate is and the amount of food that's on there. We've all seen those photos. People even make fun of those photos. But I want you to think about this, about this um, Think about how it made you feel if you if you ever had a parent who said something to the effect of, do you really need more potato salad in front of everybody at a barbecue? Did you have an uncle that pointed out that you ate a lot for a seven-year-old at a family dinner once? Those feelings don't die. 
even when we're adults. It hurts when someone judges the amount of food on your plate, even though we're only limited by a small, small four-ounce pouch or sleeve. And that's not the only issue here. Many of us start off with building our meals on tiny plates. The food only looks like a lot. You can't judge how big a plate is, and you can't judge how much food is on that plate by a photo. The only way to judge those things is with a ruler, with a scale, with measuring cups. So when you're in a place where you're looking at photos of people's foods, try to remember a couple things. Just because it's on the plate and in a photo doesn't mean that they ate it all. The plate wasn't made for you. It's really not your concern how much someone else is eating unless they're asking, is this too much food? And again, I I just said this, but I want to repeat it because it's true. Plate sizes are really hard to judge in a photo. They're even harder to judge when there's food on top of them. So don't claim that you're asking so you can learn portions and how much to eat. You can't learn portions from, from photos. You learn portions by practicing measuring your food in measuring containers and on scales. You practice knowing if the portion is okay for you by listening to your pouch, by um, listening to your sleeve while you eat the food. But most of all, what's on the plate in somebody else's photo doesn't matter as much as how much we are listening to our tools. Our pouches, our sleeves, and our bands will tell us when we've had enough, not the amount of food on the plate. It's important to build your plates with good foods and eat slowly and listen and stop when you're satisfied, but not stuffed full. No more forcing yourself to be in the clean plate club and take 45 minutes to eat your meal. When we take too long to eat a meal, like longer than about 20 minutes, it actually pushes the food out of our pouches, our sleeves, or beyond our bands, and causes us to overeat. So don't do that if you're doing that. When you get that signal that you're a little bit full or you're satisfied, stop eating. Come back later. We have to remember that we are not machines. We're humans. Some days you're going to be hungry. Some days not so much. But if you pay attention to how you eat and what you eat, it all evens out. But you just have to stop telling other people that their food is too much for you or even questioning how much they're eating because it's building an unfair expectation for many post-ups. And likely that line of questioning hasn't really helped you figure anything out either. This behavior is actually hurting people, and it's maybe even hurting you or has hurt you. So with that in mind, here's the raw deal about why food shaming like this is just not cool. Because this next truth is something that nobody even realizes will happen until it actually has happened, and everyone kind of panics when it does. But here it is. Things will change eventually. This is something we've touched on here in previous episodes um, and in our Facebook groups, of course, and on our website. But let's remember that in our early days after surgery, we get full on a single vitamin. When we're still counting time from surgery in weeks and even days, you can't even fathom the idea of eating an entire popsicle, let alone two eggs. And honestly, that's the point. That's why we had surgery. We're supposed to eat less immediately after surgery. Because immediately after surgery, we're given a short window that, we've, um, that people have lovingly turned to calling the honeymoon phase. In this time frame, and it's really, really short, it often doesn't even last two years, that, that honeymoon phase is paired with two important factors that we're supposed to use to our best advantage. The first one is that we have a tender brand new stomach. Even if you have a lap band, it's small and it's unforgiving. Our pouches, our sleeves right after surgery, they are tight. And not because um, of how they make them, but just it's, it's, it's fresh. It's, it's a new 
It's a new thing. We're forced to eat a lot less because of that. And the idea here with that, that tender brand new stomach is that we're supposed to use this time to work hard on changing our habits and how we think about food and how we feed ourselves so that we actually maximize this honeymoon phase and lose a ton of weight very, very quickly. Ideally, you lose the majority of your weight before the honeymoon is over. The second part is that there's a metabolic change that happens after surgery. Surgery causes a drastic change to the way our bodies process food. You're never going to be able to lose weight as fast as you will in that first year after surgery. And this is something who people in the, um, who are in the honeymoon phase really don't quite understand because it's really, really hard in the honeymoon phase. You're learning how to eat everything for the first time ever. You can't tolerate certain foods. You have to fight with yourself over cravings. You're changing habits that you've had your whole life. And unfortunately, I have bad news because it gets harder as time goes by. Just as you kind of get the, th- the hang of things, that's when the honeymoon seems to end for a lot of people. So that's why taking those first two years or 18 months to get your habits changed and get as close to goal as possible is key for so many. But it's unfortunately a key that many people miss. So this is why we're famously strict in our support groups on Facebook. I'm promising you right now that if things didn't change after a year or so, if you didn't have that window of opportunity or honeymoon phase to, to reach out and grab goal with both hands, we would shout that truth from the rooftops. We'd even stuff it with cream cheese and wrap it up with bacon and sprinkle cheese on top of it. But that's just not the case. What I can tell you with certainty is this. It will absolutely backfire on you if you spend that first year dabbling with moderation and eating tiny portions of food that you ate as a pre-op. Some of you listening to this right now know exactly what I'm talking about, and I do not want anybody out there to feel bad about this. I'm not calling anyone out. You didn't do anything wrong. This is about redirecting a common behavior that many don't realize is as damaging as it is. Many people, myself included, don't get this memo until it's too late. Like I said, I'm one of them. I used moderation to eat really, really small portions of the foods I ate before surgery. And then when I got a double whammy of medical issues and a really, really bad marriage, I didn't get to goal. I stopped losing weight. And then I regained all the weight I had lost, plus an extra 50 pounds. If you did that, or you did something similar to that, you have to understand it's, it's not hopeless. You're not alone. It didn't happen to just you, it happens to many people. And if you're eight months out or six months out or just having um, still within that kind of honeymoon phase and you're having bigger and longer lasting stalls, maybe you're noticing that you aren't losing at least a pound of week a week as you used to be, it might be time to consider my words too. Because a lot of people don't make it to goal before the regain starts. I don't want you to be one of them. So take this to heart, okay? Understand that things will change naturally the, fur- the further you get from your surgery date. We are strict at bariatric eating for a reason, and that reason is because regain is real, and it happens when you don't realize that things will change. All of us here have no shame in telling you what not to do because many of us have learned the hard way and paid for it with a regain. Many of you listening right now have learned it too, and that's why we're all here for everybody. We're here with knowledge, support, and a plan that works. Because honestly, the biggest issue after weight loss surgery isn't that we stretch out our pouches. It's the actual crisis of regain. It's so big that most don't even consider that it doesn't have to happen. Many doctors just tell people to expect it in their initial consultation. Or they don't even expect you to get to goal in the first place. Many doctors will label you a success when you lose 50% of your excess weight. 
Now, I don't know about you, but for most of us who have weight loss surgery, we start with a a weight that's over 300 pounds. So 50% of the excess weight is not enough to get most of us into a normal BMI or even out of the overweight category. And let's be honest, this weight loss surgery thing is a lot to do to go through and come out the other side and still have a weight problem, isn't it? So I will tell you that we have figured out how to get to go and stay there for years without a regain in the first place or how to get there again after a regain. And if you take the time to pay attention on the way, you don't need to be on a cycle of regain and weight loss for the rest of your life either. And that brings me back to this message. And I I promise I really did have a point about these micro portions and the, the food shaming that's happening in our community. I want you to think about those teeny portions you try to eat or the even the idea that you need to eat these teeny portions. Can you actually get satisfied on them? How many of you listening today read somewhere that all you need to do to get back on track is to go back to the basics like you did after surgery? How many of you tried that and failed and gained more weight back? And don't be ashamed if that's you because that's me. You're actually not in the minority on that situation. There's a reason you can't go back to the basics like a new post-op, and it's because by the end of your first year, you're not a new post-op. You don't have the same situation going on. It's not because we stretched our pouch or our sleeves. It's that we ate, it's not that we ate through the surgery. It's because Mother Nature catches on to what we did and the body adapts. And that's it. It's not a complicated thing. Your appetite comes back and you will naturally be able to eat more as your pouch or sleeve heals and is less tender. For the newbies and the regainers listening, it's not too late. There is hope. Please start now by retraining your mindset about veggies or adding lower sugar fruits to your meals. Stop complaining and drink your water. And please, if you are drinking sweet tea or soda, stop. You know you don't need that. Consider that you need to hit the gym or take the dog on a walk or take the kids to the park a few times a week. You don't have to work out for multiple hours, seven days a week, but you need to move your body. And please try to stop thinking about snacking before you even get hungry. Planning is great. And sometimes we do need a little bit of something in between meals. But remember that the goal is to eat meals that will keep you feeling satisfied for two or three hours. We recommend six meals a day. So with that, if you're following our plan of six meals a day, how are you even having time to snack? There isn't any. Something to think about. I want to close today. I'm, I'm kind of coming down to the end of it, but I have some facts that I want to remind you that kind of circles and ties us all, all back up together into an actual cohesive message. Um, but there's nothing wrong with a breakfast of two eggs. That's a normal-sized breakfast for most adults. If you wake up hungry and eat it without taking 45 minutes to finish it, and you make sure that you stop before you feel stuffed like a turkey, you're in fine shape. There's nothing wrong with finishing your meal if you put smart choices on the plate to start with. And I want you guys to remember that the food choices after surgery are simple. You want to stick with lower carb, lower fat, higher protein for life. And finally, keep in mind that there's everything wrong with pretending that you have a tiny pouch and eating like a Barbie doll or that you're forcing yourself to eat dollhouse-sized foods. And why is that? Because we see your other posts in the support groups. You may be posting teeny tiny portions of food with your hand over the plate to prove it's small and dainty at dinner time, but we see you at 9 p.m. posting about your struggle with nighttime cravings or that you need a bedtime snack. And by the morning, we see your confession about binging all night long on stuff in the house that you bought for the kids because you were going to get back on track. 
and now you need to get back on track for the second time in a week. We know from firsthand experience that this is stemming from not eating right during the day by not, needing, by not eating protein foods that are filling with veggies on the side for some fiber, for some other nutrients, maybe even some fruit. I want you to remember that we're post-ops too. We've been there. We've done this. We've made those posts. We've said those things. But at the end of the day, we figured this out the hard way. And we're just trying to share, save you a little bit of our own struggle. Because trust me, it doesn't have to be as hard as you think it is to get back on track. You can do this. You're worth it. I want to thank you so much for listening today. We can always be found on our website, www.bariatriceating.com. Once there, you can search for podcasts and find all of our episodes listed with helpful links. Um, We often put in um, articles and recipes that we mention in each one. For this particular episode, I'm actually going to link a really, really interesting article that's always been a helpful read for everyone. It actually details the different stages of hunger post-ops face, as well as the different stages of fullness um, and when to stop eating specifically. It's a really, really good lesson for most people. I'll also have a link to our Inspire Diet, which you can use if you're ready to learn how to eat a balanced bariatric diet and get back on track with weight loss. And I'll link to our Facebook groups. And I want to remind you too, we're not just talk. Over the past 20 years, we've helped more post-ops thrive after surgery and keep the weight off. And we want to help you too. So please come up, check out our website. There's a ton of information that you need right now. And don't forget to review and subscribe to our podcast so you're always updated as soon as episodes are available. And I will talk to you soon. Thanks.